All right. Hello and welcome into the USL show. I don't quite know how to work with the introductory song, so you're missing out on some good jams today, but excited to be in with Ryan and then Gio will be joining imminently. So Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing well, John. How are you today? Yeah, no complaints. Uh, kind of been in and out the past few weeks, but I think I've got a good stretch of appearances due for myself now. So happy to be in and talking about all the soccer this week. Absolutely. Ha happy first day of summer too. Yeah, that always strikes me weirdly on the calendar. Like I never quite know when those things are supposed to happen, but yeah, same to you. Yep. The summer solstice and longest day of the year. I guess that's right. Jeez. <laughs> Wild how that works. But a uh, busy week of USL action across the board. Uh, we had obviously early uh, the Kobe Henry move. Tulsa fired their manager, and we've had some calls uh, elsewhere for the same thing to be <laughs> happening. Uh, in the past week or so, what's something that's really struck you? We do have to give a shout out for uh, Phil's El Paso Locomotive oh, in Detroit yes. City being on uh, ESPN for that one. There's Gio. What's up, Gio? You guys hear me? Yes. All good. Technical difficulties, I'm back. Yeah, no worries. I was uh, just saying, like, it was a huge uh, just kind of moment for the league to have that game on at noon, and it looked like it was a very good crowd, and it played for a pretty decent enough game uh, for Detroit City and El Paso to play out to a draw. Detroit actually won the XG on that one by about 220 to 0.78 from American Soccer Analysis, but uh, that was a result that I think they looked a lot better then than they did against Sacramento, so that was kind of one that I really had my eye on. Yeah, and if you look at the ratings the game got, it was better than either of the MLS games that uh, ran concurrently on Saturday. So obviously different networks, like having the platform running SPN is certainly something you have to look at. But I think it was a really good showcase for the league. On the pitch, um, Detroit looked really sharp. Uh, you mentioned the XG, and I think that backed up a lot of what went on. They did a really good job of kind of focusing on El Paso's weak spots where they were a little bit second choice. I know we've talked about Harry Brockbank kind of leaving up out of nowhere uh, for the locomotive. So they've had this plugging in issue on the right side and Detroit attacked that well, but El Paso made some good second half adjustments. It was a fun match overall. Yeah, it's a fantastic showcase for the league. And it just, uh, I think it provide, it, like you said, a good platform and another just kind of advertisement for, hey, let's have more USL games on ESPN. Yeah, definitely. Um, just throwing it over to you, Gio, anything that stuck out to you over the weekend? I don't quite know what you possibly could focus <laughs> on here. Um, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, yeah. That was about the most exciting Thing that happened this oh wait 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 hold on <clears throat> so funny story guys i gotta start from the beginning minding my business walking around walmart okay in greenville south carolina omaha is hours away and all of a sudden my phone is going crazy on twitter and i was like i didn't post anything too bad today or <laughs> or i didn't i didn't think i said anything um so amazing that i would get so many comments and tagged in so many photos and apparently um some Omaha fans thought it would be funny during an open cup game where I was openly rooting for them to win I had made the mistake and tweeted let's go Union Omaha screenshot was taken 
and while I'm minding my business shopping to get some Baja Blast to pre-game for the uh, Greenville versus Omaha game, that's my uh, idea of a pre-game, I get tagged in at least 10 photos of the screenshot all simultaneously at the same time. Um, so I guess they were sitting there just talking about me at, instead of preparing for the game. Um, and shared it all, and they, they thought it was funny. So I, I, I had a couple good laughs. First one, I was like, okay, this is funny. Second one, okay, they're all together at a tailgate talking about me. Uh, third and fourth one is kind of annoying that I was getting kind of old. Um, and so, uh, but it was fun. It was, it, it, it was good, good banter. They got me. I think there were two screenshots out there. One, let's go Omaha, and one, I said, I'm rooting for you guys to win it all. <laughs> so of all the days for for those uh, tweets to show up it was definitely not the day i wanted it to happen so game time happens um you know they tried their best to kill the feed so that we didn't get two goal of the week candidates um with but uh with jake keegan's uh, beautiful chip um that was heard around the world but not seen by anybody uh, other than the great fans in Omaha. Um, so I, I wanted to play some Sarah McLaughlin um, Angel. <laughs> um, but I just want to give a shout out to all my fans from Union Omaha. I have about 10 people here I, I want to call out. Mediocre Brian with a Y. You know, you, you, you tried your best, you know, to, to psych me out talking about our team diving and wasting time which is the only reason you guys made it as far as you have in the u.s open cup um my friend riley i'm sorry but you have the second best hair usl league one um i have chip nelson from walking 90. um he might have some spicy takes that him and i talk i thought we were friends but uh hopefully he doesn't share them one day but uh you know your, your team got outplayed and mostly because hoot the owl was not named tuesday and so I want to give a special shout out to Hoot the Owl, who has a owl head and a human's body with some, you know, it's a furry look on him. Um, but, you know, I, it was a fun game. It was a fun game to watch, um, especially for me, enjoying a 2 nothing win uh, after they beat us in the final a few months ago. Uh, I went on uh, the on Omaha's podcast, Who Gives a Hoot, last week, and I predicted a one-one tire, two-to-two-to-one two to one win. Um, but Omaha just didn't look up for it. I, I think the biggest difference maker was that our players—we have a lot of players who have been there before, who have played in this kind of game before, uh, played in the game last year that was on ESPN and had was able to be showcased. Uh, it was on ESPN too, I believe, um, and that have played this Omaha team, and you know just. This team is not the same team as last year. You could tell it really hurt. They had some players playing, you know, one of their first few, you know, second, third professional game, um, and it really hurts having a big game like this and playing at home in the field look absolutely terrible you know, for both sides. I, I think it does not suit Omaha well uh, with the pace that they have and, and the skill that they have on playing on uh, a baseball field. But I do respect them. Um, but I am glad that our team pulled off a win after, uh, you know, hearing the past few months of how they beat us in the final. We didn't beat them in a final, you know, and I, I think we thoroughly in, in, um, deserved the win. Um, I think, you know, 
the Omaha team is really good, but they have a lot of pieces they need to fill. Um, and and I respect them, and I do want them to beat Sporting Kansas City <laughs> here wearing the jersey um, for the sake of USL for League One. Um, but this team has a long way to go, you know, especially in tough games like this when they're at home and they have some, you know, going into it. You would, you know, I thought they were going to go for it and then go into Sporting Kansas City, you know, on a high after winning a big rivalry game. Um, but they didn't do it and they weren't up for it. But, you know, you know, I know their eyes are on the Open Cup now, um, but I can't wait to play them in July and I can't wait for them to bring me my belt back because it's been gone for too long. Um, but it's a fun rivalry and I think it was good for the league uh, just to see all the fans coming together. And, and, you know, I think they agree that we deserve the win for the most part. Um, but it, it was a fun time and I had fun having some banter uh, with some of the other fans over there. Yeah, I think on, I mean, you mentioned the broadcast issues, mm -hmm. but as far as I could tell on both of the goals, um, you guys did a really good job of like punishing them, getting out with tempo, getting in transition. If you haven't seen anyone out there, the clip of that Keegan goal, the chip to assist him from mm -hmm. Lucas Coutinho is just dirty. Like that's one of the best mm -hmm. passes you're going to see. I mean, in this match week, but pretty much ever, like just the nicest assist. So really good win for Greenville. It was. I know they were calling for offsides, and up until their fans uh, saw the saw the replay of it on TV, on ESPN or on Twitter, um, they all believed it was offsides. Uh, but it's clearly on, and it was just a great play. It's sad that we didn't get to all see the finish, but the play itself was amazing and. I, I think Jake did a at least two two handstands and a bicycle kick to score, as far as I can tell. Um, but uh, you know, I think he'd agree with me and uh, say he deserved goal of the week for that. But um, no, it was great. It was a great game. Um, like I said, I respect Omaha and uh, I have fun with their fans. Um, but it was a great win for our team and and, and pushing forward, you know, going into a couple tough games against North Carolina next Wednesday. We play. Northern Colorado this Saturday. Uh, we have a tough few weeks ahead, um, and then we play Omaha again in July. So it's season has been really fun so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, just something that stuck out to me moving back to the championship uh, has to be that Phoenix Loudon result, where at one point Loudon led four to one. Um, I know I garnered some questions for today's show. Uh, Los Gantos Blancos, Positively Dom, kind of talking about, do you think that the Rising are in trouble? Do you think that Rick Schantz could get fired? Boy, like, I I was against that sort of thing initially because I tend to be conservative on the whole idea of getting rid of a coach. And then uh, over the course of the day, I was writing a piece about Orange County and thinking about what saved their season last year was a mid-season coaching change where they bring in Richard Chaplow, they fix their defense, and then they take off for the final 15, 16 games and win the title. Phoenix has a roster that should be fairly dominant within the USL. And to have a team like Loudon completely outclass you, make the changes that they needed to do, planning two players wide, moving Sammy Guidieri out to the flank to really stretch Phoenix out and then have Rick Schantz not adjust at all is fairly damning in my mind. I've heard some things internally that 
at least a handful of players in Phoenix aren't quite happy with the way things are going. So I think that's really something to be watching in these next couple of weeks if they can't get it together. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Just kind of where it seems like uh, not just in USO, but in uh, just football as a whole, that you're starting to see that after a while, if your manager is there at a team for so long that you can only do the same speeches over and over, or just sometimes the tactics stop working at some point. And if someone's so resistant to change, then it makes it really hard to really kind of change up the formation, change up the tactics when it really needs to be changed for the good sake of the team. I mean, if you're looking back at this Loudoun United match, Phoenix uh, outshot Loudoun 23 to 15 and that one in nine, but it was nine to nine and shots on target. Loudoun just was just more clinical with their chances scoring four of them there and it's just this isn't a phoenix rising team we're really used to i mean phoenix adds their name to the book of teams who have conceded four goals to loud united which is only six teams in usl history yeah that's that really something it was a surprising result to me when i, I saw the score and uh, just hearing you guys talking about it it was i, I know Loudon were the week one and two champions but seeing them do this to to phoenix w w was a shock to me i know phoenix hasn't been playing great but I thought this was going to be a comeback gate, like a, a big win for them to come back and go in strong. Um, and it's definitely the opposite, and it's not looking good at the moment. Yeah, another result that caught my eye from the championship was that Sunday night game. Uh, San Diego fell 2-1 to one to Las Vegas. Kaylor had pointed out on the main uh, USL show Twitter feed that Danny Trejo had played for LAFC the day before on loan came back to vegas came on as a second half sub and scored the winner for them um we had a comment on twitter uh, asking about uh, san diego's defense and how they're missing josh yarrow this year i think there's a lot that you can take away from this that vegas just won't go away uh, there's obviously the storyline of mls affiliates kind of doing their disgusting kind of thing and then that san diego just can't quite get it together and put together a full 90 where they don't give up stupid goals. So lots of storylines there that kept me interested. Yeah, you're looking at a San Diego team who has only had one win in their last uh, five games. If you're looking at all of the top seven in playoff teams in the West right now, they're the only team with that just one victory in their last five. But yeah, like you had mentioned, Las Vegas just refuses to go away and they still sit uh, level in points with RGV, but uh, outside of a playoff spot currently. Yeah, they're really something. I I don't necessarily believe in them to hold on and get there with the playoffs, but they have a lot of heart. They play a really organized sort of style that can frustrate teams. And when you have someone with that bit of magic, like a Trejo, like a Cal Jennings, you can never count that kind of team out. Um, further on the question front, uh, we had somebody ask if we thought that there were any teams who were maybe under or overperforming in the first half of the year, as we're basically to the halfway of the USL championship season, at least. So is there anybody that you would point to that you think is really going to come on strong as we head down the stretch or somebody who might regress and suffer a little bit? And same can apply to League One if you've got thoughts there, Gia. I'll start with League One. I am really surprised about the Richmond Kickers. They've been a very interesting team um, to me. Um, 
I've always found their play um, boring in the past, you know. But they 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 have Terzaghi there, who's just scoring goals. Um, and and I, I feel like we were very similar to them last year with Lomas, and he was just our main goal scorer, just like Terzaghi is to them. But this season, I feel like they have much better quality. I think their some of their games have been kind of crazy. But after the, pulling off a few wins uh, past few weeks, especially against Northern Colorado last weekend. Um, their team is really shaping together nicely. Uh, they had had to, you know, they struggled, you know, into playoff spots, out of playoff spots, um, the past few years. But I think this season they've been very consistent, going almost half halfway through the years, and they are not solely relying on Terzaghi. They have Bolaño scoring goals, Bentley came in scoring goals, Vigneault scoring goals, and I'm I'm really I'm I am surprised. I didn't rank them, you know, expecting them to be as high as they were. Um, and I think Omaha is going to have a push, you know, after their whatever happens in the Open Cup, regardless of that, you know, they still have two games in hand. Um, and I think that'll be big uh, for them to, when they start catching up and pulling some results together. Um, they just got to fix their results at home. I know it's 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 hard with what they have, well, with what they're playing with over there. But I think they are a solid team and they will still be in the playoffs come the end of the season and and. Uh, candidate to be, um, you know, possibly uh, for that championship again. Looking up into the uh, championship, two of the teams that I really had my eyes on was uh, one that we've already uh, spoken to a lot to having a really slow start to the year was with El Paso, but it was a team that has really turned around a lot of their fortunes as they get later into the year. If you looked at some of my ELO ratings, you had an El Paso team by their fourth game of the year, they had dropped all the way down to a 1068. And by the 17th game here at the halfway point, they're up to 1127, which is uh, one of the top teams here in the Western Conference again. And they do have an opportunity over these next couple games as you have uh, three games in a row slate against New York Red Bulls 2, RGV, and uh, Atlanta United 2 before they have a really tough July against the Switchbacks, Oakland, and San Antonio to uh, start that month. So I do think there is a chance that El Paso can continue to at least work their way up the table a tiny bit more as they uh, get further into the summer here, but that's one of the teams that I've been looking on to at least kind of continue on an upward trajectory. Yeah, I think the thing for me with El Paso, you think about the Luna sale, you think about a lot of the injuries that they have. It can go either way for me where maybe their roster just isn't as talented as we might think it is or as it was a couple weeks ago at its peak and they're due for a little bit of regression. But at the same time, I'm with you where the XG loves them. Obviously your ELO ratings are high. They feel like a side that should be pretty solidly in the playoffs. So that's an interesting proposition. Um, In terms of a team that at least I believe in, but I know Phil especially has been pretty convinced that they're gonna struggle down the stretch would be New Mexico United. Um, by pretty much all of those advanced metrics, they're about as bang average as you can possibly get. At the same time, whenever you watch them play, they feel like they're putting in really good performances. Um, the Oakland game that they played midweek was really indicative of their style so far, where Oakland outplayed them for the whole first half, but they made the proper adjustments. They moved from their back three into like this 4-4-2 diamond kind of shape. Christian Nava, the teenage stud came on and really carried them. 
they've won five games in a row, at least at this point. And that includes the seven to one game against Phoenix's youth team. Sure. But they just look like a really sharp team. So I understand where someone like Phil is coming from with that, but I'm not quite sold on them collapsing. And I think they could keep climbing up in the West as we uh, get down to the stretch a little bit. And if you look at just, Oh, go ahead. Uh, and if you look at New Mexico's next five games to get them to the middle of July, they have uh, RGV in Birmingham this week, then Monterey Bay, RGV again, and FC Tulsa. So that's a really good opportunity to really pick up some ground on the leaders of the switchback San Antonio, who's of the world and the Western Conference before they start to get into a really tough slate for this latter half of their schedule because they do have trips to Detroit. They have to play Colorado Springs twice. They have to play San Antonio again and El Paso as well. Memphis is another trip. So it definitely it would do them some good if they can get up to uh, further up the Western Conference. No, that definitely makes sense. Um, thinking about one other team that could possibly be leaping up the table a little bit, I'm leaning towards Tulsa. Now, obviously, they started the season pretty well. And then the last month or so uh, has been really shambolic for them. I think they've got one win since um, early April or something crazy like that. Uh, they made the formation change into a back three that didn't really work. And then this past Friday, they fired their coach, Michael Ensian. Um, I was higher on that decision to get rid of him. Uh, Tulsa just brought in a new club president, Sam Dorr, who has a past with Phoenix. He's shown across different sports that he's a really capable leader within an organization. I trust his judgment. I reached out to a number of Tulsa players, current and former, who all were respectful of the fact that NCN is a really good guy, a really high character sort of coach. But I think the general consensus was that he had lost the locker room. Uh, you got the sense that he had some spats with certain key players. So I think that this refresh was needed for Tulsa, who still is one of the most talented teams in terms of their attackers, especially. They do have the issue that guys like Joaquin Rivas, Jorge Corrales are constantly gone on international duty. But if they can pull things together, get those players with some consistent minutes, I think that they could climb back into that Eastern playoff race. And like you had mentioned, if you're looking back through their last win uh, was that three to one victory over Detroit City. So that's certainly an opportunity for Tulsa to get back into that Eastern Conference race. They do have a tough uh, kind of next three slate of games with Memphis away and San Antonio away. There's a Charleston match in between that time, but uh, it's certainly not over yet. And Tulsa has definitely been kind of that best of the rest type of team. But as we saw from the start of the year, uh, there is that capability and talent to get back into a playoff race. And especially when you see a Miami team that has uh, been winless in their last four, it's opening up a door for Tulsa to kind of get back into the race. No, definitely. Um, just returning back to the Richmond point that Gio made a couple minutes ago, someone that I kind of had forgotten that they brought in is Omar Gordon, who's a full-blown Jamaican international um, I obviously USL fans are probably familiar with this game. Uh, he's someone that I liked when he was with Indy 11 forever ago. He won't be the most important player when you've got someone like a Trizaghi, but just having pieces like that, being able to scrape by with seven goals in their last two games, that's a team that I'm really in total agreement with Gio about uh, heading forward. 
Yeah, I've been very surprised by them. I, you know, I, I know they're at the top of the table. We're not quite halfway yet, but you know they've come out very strong this season and play, beating some some good teams along the way. And uh, you know, I we play we don't play them until July. Greenville doesn't play until July, but I'm you know we we always have great games against them. So I'm really excited to see them in person. Um, I know Brandon or USL League One review. Sorry, no, not the same person. Um, it, he had asked uh, what team is has my favorite style in the league in USL league one. Um, and uh, I believe Richmond right now um, would probably take that just because they've changed and adapted so well to, to just having that one force scoring all the goals. Um, they have a lot of good pieces and they put, um, they've, they put a lot of results together. They have the best goal differential in the league, which isn't saying much where we're in third place with the two plus two goal differential but they are scoring goals and they're a dangerous team if you give them chances um and i, I really like what i see i do like north carolina fc um i know they were made fun of last year for being a team that moved down willingly got relegated in a close system just like charlotte um independence uh, can't talk about them or they'll block me again but North Carolina FC has been really impressive with the young players that they have. They seem to have players who cannot stay uh, out of international duty too, but which is amazing to see for League One. Um, it's amazing for the team, and they are really working uh, towards something great. And I think the for the next, you know, hopefully ten years of this league, um, they're going to be a force with the young players that they have, and knowing that they kids can come in from their academy and get professional minutes and possibly move on like hopefully holiday will in the future to to europe and other players getting international call-ups left and right and still having um and still having uh results like they have been and easily beating charlie independence over the weekend um they're a really impressive team and i'm excited to see what they do um, moving forward and I would love to see them make the playoffs with the young team that they have. And uh, of course I want Greenville to win it all, but you know, I love people. I love teams that are uh, just adapting. And especially this season, a lot of teams have adapted really well to what this league has become and putting out good product um, minus Tucson, but Tucson has made a couple good signings recently. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a very interesting season and there's, no telling right now who's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, if you're looking at the league table between Richmond and Northern Colorado, that's an eight-point separation. And uh, Northern Colorado just need four points to find themselves back into a playoffs. But I think we still have, uh, I mean, just at like the third of the way mark for the season, you still have a long way to go for many of these teams. Richmond is another team that is favored within my ELO ratings alongside uh, Northern Col or, sorry, North Carolina and uh, Fuego at the moment, but it's a long season ahead and you could see a lot more uh, just shifts within the table. And I think you could very well see a team currently outside that playoff picture, find their way into possibly a top four spot. For sure. Yeah, so moving on from there, I think uh, cross-cutting with both leagues, uh, we've got a really exciting round of Open Cup games coming up the next day or two. Um, we've got Sacramento facing off against the LA Galaxy tonight, and then Omaha against uh, Sporting Kansas City tomorrow. So any thoughts? And let's start off with uh, um, Sacramento today. 
I think it's a fantastic opportunity against uh, LA Galaxy to pick up a result here and potentially advance into the semifinals. So, John, I remember at the uh, start of the season, we did that 90-50-10 predictions where you had to say a basically prediction of like 90%, 50%. And at the start of the season, we had said that there would be a 10% chance that we'd have a USL team make the finals. And currently we have an opportunity for both for Sacramento and Omaha to find themselves in these semifinals of the cup. Yeah, which is just incredibly exciting to think about. Like you, I, I am always skeptical that if an MLS team is going to throw out their better lineup, that these USL sides have a decent chance. But I mean, San Jose played a fairly strong team against Sacramento last time around. Omaha was probably outplayed in their game, but they showed so much heart coming back after a slow start. There's something about the cup, something about this one-off format that really can let you uh, do well, pull off these upsets. And I think both of the teams that have made it this far are capable of playing a defense first style of soccer that lets them withstand some pressure, grab a goal on the rake, and then see what happens from there. Yeah, I, I'm excited for both of these games. Uh, I really, of course, I want Sacramento to win, and I think they can beat this LA Galaxy team. Um, you know, depending on the lineup, that's that's a fun game to watch tonight. Um, I've been waiting for the lineups to come out. Um, I, they should be out any minute, or if not, they might have been within the past five minutes. But um, you know, I really think Sac this is a good opportunity for Sacramento to to make it to the semifinal. And I, I haven't looked at the bracket. Um, in a while, it's been a few weeks since the last Open Cup game. But would Sacramento play Omaha? Is, let's say if they both win in the final, if they both get to there. Okay. So I think they as it's play in the semifinal, yeah. So uh, they wouldn't play in the semifinals. If Omaha okay. advances, they'd play either New York side. Okay, I believe they'd actually host that. But if uh, Sacramento advances, they would play two actually former USL alums in Orlando <laughs> or Nashville in the uh, semi in the other semifinal, which they, I think they'd have to travel to. Yeah, well, that'd be exciting. But I, I really do Sacramento can pull it off, and I truthfully think Omaha can also. Looking at that game, um, Sporting Kansas City hasn't been playing great um, from the games that I've seen, um, and. Omaha, although they did lose this weekend, I think playing on a bigger pitch and being able to use the, the speed that they have, and, and they, I think they will absorb pressure as much as they can. And, and they, they played very well, although they, they were outplayed in, I'd say, all of their games against the MLS teams. They have shown the fight. They got that dog in them, like we've all been saying the past few weeks. Um, they didn't have it Saturday, but I think for the Open Cup, they, they will show that, uh, you know, represent the league very well. Um, and they do have a really quality side with some great players. I know uh, I joke that they're mediocre without Hurst, Conway, and Vader, but um, I really do think they can uh, pull off a big upset. And, you know, I, I out of both the teams, I think Sacramento has the best chance. Of making it to the semifinal, um, but I would love for both of them to make it. That would be amazing for USL in general and show everyone what the league's got. And what to be fair, oh, go ahead. Or to uh, Union Omaha, you're going up against a Sporting Kansas City team who has four red cards in MLS this season, and it's a Sporting Kansas City team that actually lost to Phoenix Rising in preseason as well. And I think Omaha is bringing over 600 fans yeah. to the game. Which is exciting. I mean, that that's that's going to be a fun one to watch. 
Yeah, Sporting has one win in their last four. LA has one win in their last five. Um, speaking to Vieter, I think he could actually be crucial for what Sacramento is trying to do if they want to break down LA. The Galaxy, from what I've seen of them, tend to be very possession-based. They try to get their wide players high up the pitch and force you out. So if you have someone creative and technical like a Vieter on the wing, he could catch them out on the rake and really cause some damage that swings the game. So just excited to see how both of these play out. Do you have a prediction for tonight? Well, uh, I'm biased, but Sacramento all the way. Yeah. All the way. (laughs) I think we all are a little biased. I think realistically they can do it, though. Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a nice little transition there because I did want to push us along into the full-blown league game predictions that we've got going on. Uh, full slate of 10 games, as always, and we'll start out with a midweek game between Memphis 901 and Tulsa. So I'll throw it over to Ryan. We have always, like, it's interesting because I don't think there's, like, too much uh, data to go off of just, like, how a, like, new manager bounce has impacted within USO. It certainly helped with Orange County with their season, but I'll be curious how this impacts with Tulsa kind of moving forward after this result. It's another team, again, that they're winless within their last five, and it's a Memphis team who, outside of that uh, what, that 1-0 loss to Birmingham, they do they are still unbeaten in that last four. I will take Memphis to win, but I think a lot of the eyes will be on Tulsa and just how they can perform and how what kind of sets them up for this new era. I feel the same way. I picked Memphis also with the changes that are going on. Um, you know, it, it'll go either way. Tulsa may come out strong, and, you know, their players have a point to prove that they're still here to play regardless of what's going on behind the scenes. Um, But I think Memphis will bounce back and and get a win. Yeah, I went with the draw here. I think Memphis is probably favored. They've got the favorable, favorable location here. If there's one area where they're a little bit weak, it's against teams that can punish you on the wings. And so if you think about a rebus, uh, if you think about the overlaps you get from Gabby Torres, and Tulsa is going to come out motivated. They're the worst team, but I think they're going to show some spirit and get that draw here. Um, the real big matchup of the USL game week is that switchbacks uh, San Antonio FC game, pitting the two best teams in the West. So how you feeling there, Ryan? Switchbacks have just been on an absolute tear of form lately. I mean, if you're looking at some of the recent games, they have scored in multiple goals in every single game dating back to April 16th when they had that 2-1 to defeat to Memphis, and that was also their last defeat at home. Uh, if you're just looking at all of these results, I just feel like Colorado Springs is the stronger team. They're playing at home. But I will at least keep an eye on that San Antonio has seven victories away from home this year. So I think they could give them a game, especially after you saw Indy 11 play them very close. But I'm back in Colorado Springs to win this one. I'm back in Colorado also. Um, And just looking at everybody's predictions, um, I think it's a safe bet because not all of us picked Colorado to win. So there's a chance that they do pull off a win. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) This feels like it's going to be really tight. The teams that can beat San Antonio are able to press them into turnovers and work past their really good back three. And Colorado Springs is so technical. They push so many bodies forward. I think that they're going to be able to do it. 
and that's not to disparage how excellent San Antonio have been, but I think this Citrix team is just on another level, so I've got them getting the win. Um, we've got another big matchup, this time out of the Eastern Conference of the Championship, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, who, um, if you look at the form table over the last five games, are last in the East, taking on a red-hot Tampa Bay. I mean, I'm going back through like all the previous seasons for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and this might be their worst run of form, at least dating back to 2018. It like it's really difficult for yeah, they're at the end of the 2018 season, they were winless in their final five games, including that playoff defeat to the Bethlehem Steel. Shout out to uh former USL host Evan Villella for that one. Um, but I think what really helped benefits Pittsburgh right now with this one is that they're back at home. They had two really poor road defeats to RGV and Charleston in this one. And they're a team that is uh, still five wins at home this year. I think uh, they could definitely kind of regain their form as they return back to high mark, but Tampa Bay just unbeaten in their last five is going to be the team that I'm backing to win this one. I agree. I I, th- I was looking at the both teams' form right now, and I think Tampa is showing, you know, the right now showing the team that they could be. Uh, they've got a first slow start, but uh, I'm backing them to win this one. If you look at Tampa's last six games, that was the point when they benched Sebastian Guenzati, who has more goals than anyone in the USL over the last three years. And they've got four wins since then. They beat Phoenix at Phoenix. They shut out Louisville. They've looked really strong because of the tactical changes that have gone on with what they're doing defensively with their wingers. Pittsburgh's in just that little bit of a funk, even though the kind of underlying data loves them. So I went with Tampa here, and I called it my lock for the week. Um, But we've got another weekend matchup doubling down on the Tulsa games this time around. And they're taking on Charleston, so FC Tulsa against the Battery. If you're Tulsa, how do you approach these two games this week? Do you like try and regain the form against a team that's a tremendously talented Memphis side this year? Or do you try and go up against a side that might be more towards the level of Charleston? You're looking at a Battery team who has no wins away from home this year. And if you're just looking at more the broader narratives of the league, this is a Battery team that started the year with a victory over Tulsa 1-0 at home. It would be like a very good narrative to see Tulsa try and regain their form against a Charleston side who beat them to start the year. However, if you're just looking at that form, I feel like it's going to be a really tough match against Memphis in the middle of the weeks. And uh, Tulsa has three consecutive draws, so I think I'm going to pick them for a fourth consecutive draw as the points are shared. I pick Tulsa to get revenge. You know, um, I don't think I, I have, I have not liked what I've seen from Charleston. I was really high on them after watching some of the preseason games, how they were playing, but this season has just been hard to watch. Um, Andrew Booth come back to Greenville. They don't deserve you. Um, so I picked <laughs> Tulsa to win and I am so sorry guys about my picks. John is kicking my butt. I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> Um, I'm going to push back a little bit on Charleston. These past two weeks, they completely dominated Pittsburgh and then looked every bit as good as the Rowdies in their last game. And you'd mentioned Andrew Booth. He's been completely vital. Like what he does box to box in the midfield has really helped them kind of shore things up defensively and get a little bit of spark going forward. 
I do think, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that Tulsa is going to turn things around, but I think it might take a couple weeks for them to get settled. So I've got the battery here. Uh, we're doubling down again with 901. This time they're taking on Detroit in a really interesting matchup in Memphis. So, Ryan. Yeah, it's a fascinating result after what seemed to be like they're just tremendous run of form with that five games in a row win. They had a 1-0 loss to Birmingham aforementioned, as well as that 1-1 uh, draw against Hartford. And I think it's going to be interesting, like how they'll approach this week. I mean, you certainly don't want, want to overlook the midweek game against Tulsa tomorrow as you have a potential well, Detroit team or you have a potential playoff team in Detroit and might even well be a potential first or second round matchup of the playoffs with how both teams have been going. I, Detroit's, uh, sorry, Memphis's form has uh, kind of slowed in that instance. So I'm going to take Detroit and uh, to draw this match away from home. Uh, I chose a draw also. I think it'll be be a tough game. And, I, you know, with, with Memphis having that midweek game, um, Detroit's going to want to come out strong. Uh, so, but because of that, come out strong and try to get a win against uh, one of the top teams to show that they belong because apparently this league just started um, when they joined the league. Um, so they definitely want to beat one of the top teams. But um, I believe that I believe it's it might come back to bite them and it'll be a draw. Detroit never can get over the line and get that signature win that really signal, signals to me that they're going to be one of the elite contenders down the stretch. And I don't, yeah, right. And I don't see this match going differently. I'm sold on them being competitive. And I think Memphis is on the downturn, but Memphis in the way they possess, the way that they focus on building through the wide areas against a Detroit side that loves to push their wing backs up presents a really interesting tactical challenge for what City tries to do. That said, I, as I mentioned, Memphis or yeah, Memphis isn't playing all that well, so I want to draw here. Uh, moving over to the Taylor corner of things, we've got a cross-conference game with New Mexico United hosting the Legion. New Mexico United has scored multiple goals in every game since May 7th. It was uh, actually Alan San Diego Boyle who held them to one goal in their last outing, and you have to go back to May 4th to find the last time New Mexico United was shut out. It's a team that, as we have mentioned before, has been in tremendous form. In fact, if you look at their last three games, they have all been two-to-one victories away from home. But I think they re they return this week to host RGV midweek, and then they have Birmingham. So I'm making New Mexico to win this weekend as my lock pick. I went with the draw um, simply because I don't want Kaler to be upset. Um, I love him too much. <laughs> and I think at least a draw would make him happy. Um, but I, I did watch the Legion last week or week before, um, and I think they have a strong team, a good enough team. I just don't think they've been playing to their potential. But away from home, I think that might be the best they'll do this week. Yeah, the fact that it's an away game far out west is going to be difficult. I'm kind of buying into the whole Nico Brett revenge game narrative here. I think he's going to do a lot to beat a Legion team that's normally pretty stout defensively. If there's anyone that knows the tendencies of their defenders, it's going to be someone who trained with them for the entirety of the past year. New Mexico is also really able to beat you down the wings, and that's a consistent issue for Birmingham because Johnny Dean likes to bomb so far up. 
So I went with a red hot New Mexico to get the win here. One more cross conference championship game to hit. And that's uh, Alan San Diego taking on my Indy 11. San Diego is on a 12 game scoring streak. You have to go all the way back to March 23rd at one nil loss to Tulsa to find the last time that they have, were shut out and they've yet to be shut out in a game at home this season. They did, they are coming off the back of a very long road streak. They had five in a row from home. And I feel like they need to take advantage of this four game homestand. They're coming off a really bad law or a bad loss against Las Vegas and Picking up a result here against Indy 11 can really help turn around the form, although it's an Indy 11 team who's making the most of their of this road stand as well. They've had four points and eight goals scored in the last three games, and they can be closing off the road stand with a very good result. So well, I'm going to take San Diego to win this one, but it's going to be close. Yeah, I was looking at the team's form earlier also uh, when I made this pick, and I had a hard time. I really wanted to pick the Loyal um, also because I love Allen, but I really do like the team that they have. But, uh, you know, I I really feel like they're both teams, uh, although they're going to score goals, but I think it will be a draw. Yeah, this one is weird in that San Diego – is one of the most mercurial up and down sides in the championship for me. Um, I think if you have to put a red flag up for to read anything into that Las Vegas game, it's that Guido sort of had a knock halfway through that he played through. Kyle Vassell and uh, Robinson Moshebane didn't play. It was a little bit of a weird team for them. Indy hasn't done it on the road really this season. Solomon Asante has looked good since he came in. And I think that he'll present a threat to San Diego, but their style, the way that their system kind of shifts is pretty well designed to contain him. So I went with the loyal winning this one. Uh, Looking ahead to the weekend that will be in league one though, we've got Northern Colorado against uh, Central Valley. Central Valley's uh, three wins this year all come from away from home. If you're looking at those uh, six road games they've had, and four of them they've scored in multiple uh, games in. And Northern Colorado's only two home games they've played so far has been 1-1 draws against NCFC and Tormenta. Uh, I have, I'm still uh, at least favorable on Central Valley this year. They're one of the few sides in my ELO ratings that have not dropped below the uh, 1,000 uh, average rating I have set. So I'm going to take Fuego to win this one. I actually picked uh, Northern Colorado to win this game. And as my lock pick, um, Fuego got beaten pretty badly recently. And I really think Northern Colorado are finding their stride, although they did lose to Richmond. Um, I really do like the team that they have put together. They have a lot of talent. And Para is a lethal striker. And uh, I'm sorry, Bijev, but I rate him over you currently. Um, so you can get in my DMs and complain to me instead of John. But, uh, but uh, I picked Colorado to get that win. Um, they are going to lose to Greenville, but we're not picking that this week. So. Yeah, I think the strange thing with that Northern Colorado result against Richmond uh, was the fact that there was a red card really early on that changed the dynamic of things. Mm-hmm. That said, I, there's something about uh, the Fuego 
side that just makes me feel like they're going to rebound a little bit and start getting results. There's something about that squad that I'm just a fan of. So I went with them as my pick for that one. Um, I just invoked Richmond and they are traveling to Wisconsin to take on forward Madison. So how are you feeling about that? If you're looking back through Richmond's last four games, uh, they've scored 12 goals, all of them being at home. So it is interesting to see how they will perform as they play their fourth match uh, away. You have to go all the way back to May 28th to find their last game they played away from home, which was a 2-1 to one loss to NCFC. However, I still think Richmond is a very strong side and a very capable team. I had mentioned they're the top uh, ELO rating team I have right now, so I'm going to back Richmond to win this one. I actually, although it kind of hurts, I did back for Madison to win this game at home. Uh, they did beat um, Greenville two weeks ago, and they did pull off a, a draw against a you know up and down but still strong Tormenta side, um, and came from behind to to get that result. Um, they've been playing good, good lately. I like what I've seen from Cassini. Um, he's making things happen, um, and they can pull off some goals, and it's the Henny Derby. Anything can happen. You know, they pulled off the win, or I think, away from home against Richmond earlier in the season. Um, and I think at home they are starting to, to you know, get, get a little bit run of form right now, and I think that will lead to a win in this rivalry game. Yeah, um, I picked Richmond here for all of the reasons we've been talking about all show. I'm pretty sold on their roster and the way that they attack. I do just want to shout out my boy, Alan Torres, for forward Madison, a teenager attacker on loan from the Indy 11, got an assist over the past weekend. He's somebody that if you care about the future of League One and the championship, you should be keeping your eye on because he's a really bright talent. That said, I think that Madison is just a little bit inconsistent. I don't love the matchup of their uh, back three against this Richmond team, so going with the kickers there. And then um, one more game to wrap it up. Pretty big matchup between Tormenta and Omaha. Tormenta is just a really, it's still kind of baffling team to me right now. It just it seems like they just can't get wins at home this year. They have six results or six games played and just three draws and three losses this year. It, I mean, they had to score an 86-minute goal against Ford Madison this past weekend and what was a really just kind of low shot count game for both sides it combined eight shots between both teams, five shots on target combined. I think that uh, Tormenta, uh, they really need to pick up a, road, a home victory at some point. And I think this could potentially be the weekend that they can do it. So I'm going to take Tormenta to win this one. I also picked Tormenta to get a win. I know, I know, I believe their two goals against Madison were their first goals at home all season. Uh, and and I, I think with that, you know, the, the curse for their, you know, their, their non-scoring ways at home might be gone. And Omaha has had a tough stretch. They played us this past Saturday. Now they're going to go play Sporting Kansas City, whatever happens with that match. Um, so I think, and then now they have to travel um here on the east coast to this beautiful city of statesboro georgia but um i i really think uh tormenta is a really strange side i really like what they have over there um very wacky teams and you know ups and downs I, I was really scared of them at first now i'm excited to play them again um because you never know what they're going to pull out um you know they might be the best team in the league one week and then be terrible the next week um 
and at home we don't know right now what they're going to do but i think this will be uh you know they'll turn the tables here and get a win against a tired omaha squad yeah i mean the tired is the thing for me that uh makes me lean draw here tormenta is the worst team in the league in their last five games on form but I like their squad. I think that they are underplaying their potential right now. And I think the comeback starts in an advantageous matchup where Omaha has had a tough stretch of games. They're going to have something that's emotionally draining no matter how it goes with this Open Cup result. So it feels like even if Tormenta can't quite get over the line, they're going to get at least semi-positive result with the draw here. Uh, And that's all we've got in terms of the predictions. Lots of fun matchups this weekend. I'm really excited to see how everything goes, but obviously open cup tonight, taking priority for now. But other than that, anything that you guys wanted to wrap up with and we'll go ahead and start with Ryan there. Just excited to uh, cheer on a lot of the open cup matches and getting to the latter stages of this competition. It should be an exciting uh, just set of games for uh, U.S. soccer as a whole. I feel the same way. I'm excited. I see Vader is starting for Sacramento, so I am calling a goal. He's going to do it for all of League One. Um, you know, and, and I just, I really love what we have going here, you know, between us, all the friends that I've made. I love how we can have this fun banter. The weekend was so much more fun um, getting to celebrate a win with my friends, but also uh, with people around the league and being on here with you guys to talk about these things it's it's just a blessing for me i love being here with you guys um but i'm excited what we what we have going on here uh with lower league soccer and remember you know she's a 10 up until she doesn't support lower league soccer so (laughs) yeah just kind of stepping back from the soccer for a minute and like speaking the community of it all uh geo you put out a father's day tweet that was like shout out to the dads, but also mm-hmm. shout out to the single moms. And mm-hmm. like, I felt that in the heart, like mm-hmm. bringing a tear to my eye there. Just, I love that sort of thing, so. Yeah, that's uh, something near and dear to my heart. You know, I uh, was a single father for many years with my daughter and she's about to be 12 now. And she gave me the sweetest Father's Day card about uh, comparing me to Batman other than the being sad and family dying and whatnot. She's like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, that's it means a lot to me you know it would mean a lot to me when uh, other parents on mother's day you know that would be a hard day for me for um you know different reasons but people would reach out to me and t- tell me happy mother's day for what i've done in, you know for my daughter for many years and that was really touching so i always want to be appreciated uh, you know make sure that women and men and everybody are appreciated um especially for these holidays because it's a hard time for a lot of people um and I've had many hard times with uh, all those holidays, but you know, I just wanted to share that with everybody. Um, I am Omaha's daddy this week also, so <laughs> that, that that's also helpful. But, uh, but yeah, it's awesome, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, well, I think there's no better sentiment to end on than you being the father of Omaha. So yes. with that, yes. thank you to everyone who joined live and commented, everyone who uh, came in with the question, and, of course, everyone who's listening in podcast form. So uh, see you with the short show coming up Thursday where we'll break down the open. Uh, Do we have kit stuff coming this week? We do. We will do some kit stuff. Awesome. Love it. Mm -hmm. So we'll get all that in. And then we'll be back again 9 o'clock next Tuesday. So thank you guys.